Hello, family. You are listening to Concrete Pastures Podcast. I am Nancy Mlemoisisi. Being an immigrant has been one of the most challenging and extraordinary experiences of my life. It inspired me to create a space that allows for myself and others to share our stories as we deconstruct the world's view of immigrant status. We unlock the joys, the laughs, and the bravery that being a dreamer brings. So subscribe and stay a while as we dive into today's episode. I am so honored to introduce our guest today. She's a creator. She is a power TV and film producer. She is a high-powered global tech services executive. Her name is Latiniani with over two decades in IT and is also a seasoned film and TV producer. As a Liberian native who lives in Chicago, she brings a diaspora lens to all her projects. Living between two continents, Latin's personal passion is to bridge the culture gap between Africans, Americans, and other cultures while embracing their ethnic differences. Latin's company focuses on developing content and events that bridge the gap in the stories, characters, and experiences, particularly in the diaspora. Her first feature film, Title Skinned, dealt with colorism, and Skin Bleaching. Skinned was directed by Lisa Ray McCoy and later distributed to TV One and currently on Prime Video. In 2021, L10 Group LLC partnered with 3LF Entertainment to produce a TV special for syndication called Imported Dreams. Imported Dreams highlighted the accomplishments of the successful immigrants who are living in the U.S. of A. Latin's latest project was a film titled Hyde Park and was released in the past summer to studio movie grill theaters. Hyde Park deals with the taboo topics in the African immigrant communities, such as the lack of acceptance of LGBTQ plus individuals and cross-culture relationships. In July 2022, she was a guest speaker at Essence Festival Beauty Carnival, where she discussed skin, bleaching, and colorism. She continues to give back to the community by supporting causes and conversations that provoke and inspire change. Welcome. You see, I can't even breathe, okay? Oh, my gosh. I think we need a, I need a short intro. Gosh, that's what? I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> this is all your accomplishments. You should be proud. I am so proud, okay? Hats off to you. Thank you so much, Nancy. No, it's amazing. The representation that you have shown for us, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So it's like, you know, we all have ideas and we have things that we think we want to do. And, and, you know, of course, everything that comes to mind is always focused or centered on our experiences. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's really difficult to have an experience or to have an input into something that you've never experienced or you haven't been exposed to. So of course I'm African but I live in America, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So all my experiences, everything is centered from just where I come from and like, you know, who I am, you know? So, yeah. Wow. yeah. Talking about where you come from, you are from Liberia. Our first Liberian guest. 
my people. Look, hey. yeah, look, so thank you so much for having a Liberia on. I'm just joking. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, Liberia is such a small, unique country, and I am so proud to be Liberian. Um, but the thing is, I actually look more Ghanaian because my gra- my grandfather is Ghanaian. So uh. when I see people, they don't know, normally say, oh, you're a Liberian. You know, they're always like, are you from Ghana? You know, so like they always just look at me and they assume I'm from Ghana. But we're Asante. Um, we're from an area in, in Ghana called Ta- uh, Takwadi. And um, yeah, my grandfather came from there, went to Liberia. And then I was born in Liberia. So that's why, you know, I'm like, like Liberian. But mm-hmm. I also claim Ghana, you know, because that's what my roots are too as well. So, yeah. How was it growing up in uh, Liberia? So... I was, I grew up, my family is huge, by the way. My grandfather had 23 children. So his oh, nickname was Pupo 23. Oh my God. You know because, because he had 23 kids. Um, he was a doc, he was like a, a doctor, a surgeon. I mean, you know, he kind of, he was just a skilled individual. And he was so different because he was Ghanaian. So his accent was different. And he was just a pillar in the community, you know. Um, and, and like I said, he was, he delivered, he did. He supervised surgeries in Lamco in an area I grew up in Yekepa called Lamco. Um, Lamco is a is a Liberian American mining company. So you know how like in South Africa, Soweto, we like oh Soweto is like yes. southwestern township, right? You know, so so it's like like Lamco is just an area where people from all over the world, from the U.S., from Sweden, from Denmark, they 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 worked at a mining company and they created a neighborhood, a community. Of, of uh, schooling and buildings for the people that work for Lamco. So mm-hmm. I grew up in this instant in this community that was really diverse. So it wasn't just Liberians. I mean, my name Latin. My father's uh, my father's best friend was from Sweden, and they named me after her. You know, so I kind of I had a really I feel like it was privilege. You know, what I'm saying I got went to go swimming pools. You know, what I'm saying I grew up in a, a home where we had electricity, and you know, what I'm saying like just the normal stuff that you know that i have now in the states you know so that was my upbringing but of course my house was filled with my uncles my cousins i didn't even know they were my cousins i found out they were they weren't my siblings i found out like my cousins that were living with us were not brothers and sisters you know the life the life life it's just amazing i was always around people and you know um, I enjoyed my time, you know, in, in, in Liberia. And so I go back, I mean, I go back quite often to see my family. So, you know, it, I don't feel like it's back home. It's, it's just, I'll go there, you know, at the end of the year, that's like my every year thing that I do uh, is go to Liberia, you know? No, that's beautiful. Cause not yeah. all of us in the diaspora can do that. So that's a blessing. Yeah. Do that. When did you come to the U.S.? I came, so I'm a, even though um, I'm almost 50, I've been here for about 30, over 30 years. <laughs> so I came when I was a kid, I was like, <laughs> okay, for anybody like listening on the podcast, you need to see the video. Okay. You need to see, this is the time. This is the moment to see the video. Nobody, nobody believes in when I'm saying I'm going to be 50 next year, but I'm going to be 50 <gasps> years old. And so, yeah, I came when I was, I came before the war. So I came in 1986. I need to and, eat what um, you're eating. I need to right. to do what you're doing. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's my genes because my dad, he's like a thousand years old. And 
I don't even know his age. Like that's, he just doesn't even age. And my mom, like she just looks ageless, you know, but, but I think like when people would say that I look young, I used to be like, yeah, right. You know, but now that when I say the number 50 and everybody's like, please, you know, that's not even true. Now it's like, okay, maybe you're right. I don't look so much as my age, you know? So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Sorry. So I so think you, actually you one of the things I wanted to say is like I came, I came, I was the youngest girl in my family. So my father sent for me first. And when I came about a year later, the war broke out in Liberia. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, you know, we had the 15 year civil war. Yeah. And so I was separated from my family. Um, I didn't see my mom, my siblings for almost 20 years. And uh, while I was in the States, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so that was a, you know, Africa and when we, this war stuff, even Sudan is facing some wars right now. It's never, it's never good. Do you know what I'm saying? It just impacts so many people, both the people that's in the con- in the continent or in the country and the people that's away because yeah. you're constantly worried about your family. You know what I'm saying? Being in such circumstances. So, so that wasn't a good uh, experience, but all that made me a stronger individual. You know what I'm saying? To, to be where I am today. You went to college here, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. I went to college in uh, Chicago. There's a college called DuPaul University is where I finished my degree. Um, <laughs> I didn't have like the proper path. You know, um, if my father ever listens to this podcast, uh, he was a little protective. So I couldn't wait to get out of his home. Um, so I got married very, very young. Like I was like, as soon as it was okay, I'm like, I'm getting married. I have to move into my, with my husband, you know. So, so I got out uh, of my, under my father and um, got married. So, and I just started to work instead of continuing my schooling. Um, But, you know, when you come to this country, when you're brought here to, for studies and, you know, to make your parents proud, the last thing you're going to do is not get your education, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it was always something that no matter how much money I made, you know what I'm saying? As I worked and progressed through the, the ranks, I always knew I had an obligation to get my degree for my family. And so I went and I finished my degree um, at DuPaul University. Um, I was almost 30 years old when I finally finished. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But by then I'm like corporate. I'm making a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, yeah, you know. Uh, but I did it. I did it. I had to do it. And I'm, I'm really glad that I, I finished. You know? Listen. Yeah. Your resume is so big. My mind has been going wild the whole week as to what direction. And before we we spoke before, and you were telling me, oh, no, of limits questions. You could, we could talk about everything. Yes. But still, my brain is still going nuts as to what else can I get so we can inspire the, um, the audience. But mm. I want to start on, what are some of the challenges that you face? Because you're coming from a country that has civil war and you are here and constantly worrying. And there's so many people right now, given what's happening in Sudan, uh, Congo, DR, and um, so many other countries around the world. Um, You know, like I said, it's like with war, people tend to focus only on the people that's experiencing it in the country, right? But when you're outside of the country and your family is experiencing war, you just never know what's happening to them. 
you might not hear from them for, for months. You know what I'm saying? And so at that point, what I did, unfortunately, I had to go to therapy for this, but what I did is my family died. You know, like they would, they didn't die, died right? In terms yeah. of yeah, yeah, physical death, but it's yeah. like every month or months that went by that I didn't talk to my mom or my family, six months will go by. You don't hear from them. You're like, okay, they died. So it's like a constant birth and reap, like a, a you know, I don't even know the proper words to say, but it's really, it was like they died, you know, and then they were resurrect. You know what I'm saying? When they come back, it was a, it was hard to emotionally deal with not knowing if they've survived. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And then for years upon years. And so it's like, a, I had to numb, I had to uh, numb myself to, to hope that they would survive. It was almost easier to accept that they will pass versus hope that they will live, you know, when they're going through war, especially if you're hearing thousands of hundreds of thousands of people getting killed. You know what I'm saying? These are vicious. I mean, it's war is, there's nothing good about war, yeah. you know? And I just can't, I just feel for the people that's going through, uh, going through in Sudan and, you know, it's just, I hope they, they resolve it as quick as possible. Cause there's always foolishness, right? It's always like, somebody is some tribe or somebody wants to be in power. It's always like, there's never a good enough reason for war, you know? And I know we're not talking politics here, but I just, I just want to say the people that's experienced it, the challenge, the trauma that our kids face, the generations that face trauma just by experiencing war for one year's time, that's, that ruins our countries. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like the kids in Liberia that went through a war, they are forever changed because of what they saw. You know, we, we, my mom says, whenever somebody is behaving a certain way, she said, Oh, that war trauma. You know, I know she's kind of like joking. Sometimes we jokingly say about it, about it, but it's true. It's, true. it's, it's true very story. true. Yeah, it's, it's war true. trauma. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you imagine what they see? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, where do you get your food? You don't know if you're going to make it to the next day, every single day. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, no, it's not good. Yeah. yeah. So. No, I, I just wanted to hear your perspective from that because there's so many people that are in your shoes right now. Them maybe listening to this might be, I might find a little bit of courage or some way to cope with yeah. that situation. But it, it's a tough situation. Yeah, it is. And I think it's really tough. And you know, especially being in America, this is something that we haven't experienced. And so it's hard to, for Americans to comprehend what mm-hmm. somebody going through war and your family being dispersed, you know, all over the world because they have to go be a refugee somewhere, you know, or not knowing. So it's, it's something that we don't normally discuss, but it's very real. You know, it's not movies. It's not beautiful. You know what I'm saying? There's, it's just an ugly situation to be in. And so I just feel for, like I said, I feel for the people in Sudan and um and I pray there's not big tra- big tragedies you know and I, I pray they're able to like I said resolve it sooner rather than later yeah no thank you for sharing that so I'm gonna jump ahead as to where you are right now with yeah. the, um, being the executive at the IT company mm-hmm. how did you get into it wow yeah you know when I was younger for some reason, I just, I was, uh, I liked doing something that then produces something, right? It's like you move these few pieces, 
are like it's like a puzzle, right? You put these, you have a bunch of pieces, and then you put something together, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is so pretty. You know, you build something. And it was just, I, I used to code in a, a tool called Visual Basic when I was younger. And it's just like, ah, oh, this is interesting. I didn't have anybody that I knew that was in tech. You know what I'm saying? It was just something that I innate, I had an innate uh, liking for. And that's how I started, you know. So every single job I've had, I've either been a tech person or someone that kind of helps tech and business understand each other. You know, I use a simple language to be like, oh, it's a puzzle. All he did was he took those four pieces and he made this puzzle. You know what I'm saying? Just using an analogy like that to help them say that's all it is with just constructing something, you know, uh, to help people. Uh, uh, it's, that's that's how I got into it. And I've been lucky to work from, for some amazing companies. Um, and it's been it's been phenomenal. I've been able to travel all over the world because of tech. You know what I'm saying? I try to I try to get other blacks, you know what I'm saying, people involved in technology yeah. to say it's not as frightening, right? It's not so scary. Um women, we be out of it a little bit. Huh? I think we're the tech world is it's viewed as the men's world. It's very rare that we see women and yeah. it's true. And that's still that's yeah. still the, the case now. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, even with Girls Code and STEM and all these programs, which are encouraging more women to get into tech, it's still, you know, some teachers and even our parents will be like, you know, maybe you'll be better if you're in HR or if yeah. you're, you know what I'm saying, if you're in a softer type mm-hmm. of a role, you know? But yeah, but but I think there's so many areas of tech. It's not all coding. There is um, even like the majors, what's happening now is when we hire people, we're not only going for tech degrees, individuals that have tech degrees, we're going for people that have business degrees, even music majors, right? Like they just like that thinking that being able to think and be like analytical thinking or, you know, those are the kind of people we, 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 we go after now It's not all just, you need to have a CIS degree. You know, um, and so I, I think the world is opening up to other people, uh, especially women, you know, and women of color. Like, I, you know, just it's been nice to see a lot more women of color in tech. Yeah. How easy or difficult was it climbing the ladder? It's a decade. So that goes from this position to that position to the executive position. How easy was it's, that? It's not, <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy, but. You know, you need advocates. You need to build. It's all about relationships. You know, I know people are like, it's who you know, right? Like you've heard that before. It's who you know. It really is. You know what I'm saying? Like as you work with companies, people want to work with individuals that they like. No matter what. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, like there's only so many roles that we can be like, "Ah, this person is good. We'll go ahead and put them in this. But everybody can't get on with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, what's been great is I've just done the work. You know what I'm saying? I, I consistently learn, like I, I'm always learning something new. Every time I learn something new, an opportunity comes about for what I learn. Oh, wow. Like, it's not like I know I'm going to go to this path. Right. But it's like, I learned this thing and now wait, there's an opportunity that presented itself. And it's like, I have that knowledge. Do you understand what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just like, that's kind of how it's helped to, for me to even grow. And my companies, I'm constantly trying to learn. I'm networking and connecting with people. And I've been consistent. Like I, I think people 
tend to jump, especially a lot of the young folks, they jump from company to company pretty quickly um, for financial gains, yeah, which so it works, yeah. right? It works, right? But the reality is, as you when you stay someone and you're able to progress in a company where they promote you, promote you, promote you, it means that you're proving yourself. You know what I'm saying? And you're, yeah, so that that's, that's you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's not, there's no easy path. There's, it's zigzag. My mom say, my mom would say, it's not straight. The road is not straight. You know what I'm saying? Like she said, it can go by Ziza. Ziza. Yeah. <laughs> I love mommy's Ziza. Yeah, oh Ziza. my God. Because yeah. uh, they say, I mean, you, you you stick it through, you stay with the company, but there's a lot of politics because yeah. we talk to a lot of immigrants. All I hear uh, in the diaspora is a lot of immig- uh, a lot of politics because our accent, our skin tone, our which I'm going to get into with you, and everything else. But it's more of first of all they view us as backwards. The fact that we are Africans for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. so- someone can have I spoke about this on this. Uh, someone can have a heavier accent because they appear to be a certain way, even. For somebody who is more uh, qualified, they'll Correct. promote the person that is, you know, yeah. qualified. It's it's very real the 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 biases that exist in corporate or really in just life. Period. Even in selecting partners for a relationship, right? All of those things it plays in in uh, it plays in. Uh, it, it comes into play. Yes. And there are, there's been times where I've been looked over for, for promotions. Um, there's been times where I've been looked over for opportunities. There's been times where I've been removed from an opportunity because someone didn't like my tune or didn't like my, you know, how I look. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I've had both where an advocate, I've had somebody speak on my behalf and because a client didn't like me and the person, an executive spoke up on my behalf and says, look, Latin is the only one we have. If you want this done, she's the person that's going to do it for you. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? What, no matter how you feel about her, yeah. if you want it done, this is who's going to do it. I've also had place uh, clients where, and I didn't have an advocate where I was moved from, you know, projects because, and nobody spoke on my behalf when they knew I was facing, you know, some issues because of just what I look like, you know what I'm saying? Being woman, being black, you know, all those are very real, real, real challenges but you have to have a goal. You have to know that no matter what, you have to keep on moving, you know? And it's like my family obligation, you know what I'm saying? Is what keeps me going. Like yeah. it doesn't, you're not going to stop me because you don't like me. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? I'm not going to go for that job. Or I'm going to quit my job because this client didn't like me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nope, I have family in Liberia. I'm trying to finish this house for my mom. You know, like, like I, I have obligations, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. not a foolish uh, person's bias or perspective is going to hold me back from anything. As you can see, I get stuff done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Pretty much whatever I want to get done, I'm going to find a way to get it done. You know, so that's it. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> when did you fall in love with producing and creating? You know, I guess I've always been a producer, right? So a producer, just for people that don't know, all a producer is, it can range. It could be the person that, that 
brings together individuals to execute a project. That could be a movie. It could be an event. It could be, you know, say a concert, mm-hmm. right? Um, it could be the person that has, uh, that brings the actors or they can, you know, they can help bring the, mo- the money, you know what I'm saying? You know, they can connect somebody that has, like, oh, this person has the money. This person has an idea. Let me bring them together. You've got a producer because you're able to get something done. It's just being able to execute. Yeah. So in film, you know what I'm saying? Um, I was producing movie uh, events. I produce dance events. You know what I'm saying? I produce um, cultural events. You know what I'm saying? So film is just another avenue to expose people to culture, to my culture and to my ideas. You know what I'm saying? So it's no different than me uh, producing a dance event at Navy Pier for kids. You know, it's just might be a little bit more expensive, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and it might be take a lot more people, but in actuality, it's just, you have a goal, you have some activities you have to do. You check to make sure you've got that stuff done. You check, make sure you are able to work with other people. If you can't do it, you bring the right people together that are qualified and you just, you just get, you know, the end goal and you just get to it, you know? Um, so I've always been that person. So I don't know if I fell in love with producing because I did a film, um, versus just, I've always just been able to execute and that's what producers are. They just execute, you know, you starred and produced, uh, skinned that movie. Oh my God. It spoke to me. And mm. I know it's going to speak to so many women and men. Yeah. And men. Yes. I don't want to leave out the men. Because Very good. I've, I've, I've seen. Wow. Yeah. When I watched it, it mm-hmm. really made a lot of sense. And I'm so grateful for you bringing this important, I guess, awareness in a way to everybody. Because I don't think... Anybody who does skin bleaching understands the impact over time. Over time, yeah. Because all they are all they are focused on is getting their skin light to a certain degree. Uh, going uh, up back home, you know, we, you don't get direct 
communication. Sometimes I didn't get that communication of the the fairness of someone who's light skinned and for me who's dark who's darker. Yeah. And how they even the 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 boys treated the girls. The fair light skinned were preferred than for someone like me. And you watch that happening. Yeah. And I don't blame the people that actually go and bleach their skin. I because I and I, I agree 100%. Whether it's a job, yep. Whether it's um finding a boyfriend, husband, yes. whatever it is. Yep. And vice versa for the for the men too, because mm-hmm. a lot of women also gravitate towards light-skinned men. Um I learned a lot watching the movie. I didn't know the extent of the impact of the chemicals that are in the the movie without giving it away. What got you to doing the movie? Right. As you probably are aware, (laughs) I too am dark skin (laughs) (laughs) and I come from Africa. So, you know, unfortunately, um, it's real, right? It's very real that some of us try to solve for that insecurity that society has impacted on us if we're not fair, right? It's like for some reason, someone made a comment and made it that fair is better. And now those of us that are on the spectrum that are like this way, you know, we either do something about it or you kind of just accept that you're lesser. You know what I'm saying? And and I've seen too many people, friends, family, family members, you know what I'm saying, that bleach their skin to yeah. solve for it. And like you said, I don't blame anybody for bleaching their skin. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I, and that's what the movie didn't didn't blame her. It was just no. like, look, right? The movie didn't blame no. her. And even at Essence, when I spoke at the Essence Film Festival, one of the quotes and one of the things that I said is, we can't blame these individuals because all they're doing is they're trying to solve for something, you know, that, and that's the path that seems to work. You know, and, and unfortunately, there's dangers, you know, to that path. Um, there are products out there that can, you know, there are more natural products now that companies are kind of coming up with that can, you know, I guess even your tune, which is fine. Nobody wants to not be beautiful and not have even skin tone. Trust me. You know what I'm saying? I will use, you know, some skin uh, cream to try to, you know, saying get rid of even marks. That, and try my, to my, my, my skin. Yeah. Nobody is saying anything is, is wrong with that. What we're talking about is the is the loss of self, where we see people who are ghostly, right? We've seen it yes. from from uh, and it's more prevalent and noticeable with us blacks because we go from black to this color. But yes. Asians do it, Indians bleach. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, there's people from all over the world that bleach your skin to stay fair. And yes. like I said, it's just a little bit more noticeable because because we're Africans and we're Jamaicans or Caribbeans and dark skin. So people don't expect that, you know, you go from, oh my God, look at how black Latin is. And then all of a sudden you see me, I'm just like, you know, I'm shiny. You know, I'm like, no, and, and you could tell from, uh, the thing is, I used to do, you could tell right away, like oh. someone is bleaching their skin through their knuckles. You could yeah. tell through, like, there's, there's so much that you could tell. And shout out to the whole crew, the whole team, all the actors and actors. I'm a big fan of Van Vika. I was like, oh, I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. I was, yes, I yeah, was excited. Ben was great. He was great to work with. Um, 
you know, he and and what in the movie, like you said, it was just what the movie we did it in America because yes. we wanted to show that you know it's this is not just an African thing, right? Like this happens in the South. This is something that Black people in America experience as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we know of Sammy Sosa, the the baseball player, and Michael Jackson. We know of those yeah. people that's bleached their skin. You know, but there's a lot of other people in the states that's also bleached their skin. You know, and it's to solve for beauty, you know, for beauty and acceptance and all the basic things yeah, that we Kim. all want. Yeah. yeah. Little Kim, you know, yes. and it, she will tell you, like, when you look, at the, the crazy thing is, when you look at Little Kim, even when oh you look God. at Michael Jackson, I was like, she was a beautiful woman. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Like, she yes. was so pretty. And it's like somebody convinced her to think that she's not enough. And but, and that's anybody. It's not It's not unique. What is, what is difficult is and what's hard to accept is it's not unique to the amount of money you have, right? It's not mm-hmm. unique to the, the, how pretty you are, right? It's like your skin tone, no matter how beautiful you are, no matter how much money you have, if you're dark, you're white, you know what I'm saying? The white is right, you know, like, so it's like, it's just somebody has convinced us of that. And that's, you know, we believe it, you know, cause it's, it's perpetuated all the time, <laughs> movies videos every time magazines you know it's just now if you think about it they're showing more spectrum of color you know and showing that beauty you know they're like oh look at that melanin yes no but you the thing is even to find makeup like foundation okay let's get let's go there Um, we need to go there it is it's so hard to find my skin tone and it changes now that I've been in America for a long time. Yes, of course. In the seasons, yep. my skin got lighter on its own. Yeah. And when it's summertime, my, my skin tone, and then I can't find the true foundation that truly matches my skin. I look gray. And yeah. <laughs> I know. I mix. I even sunscreen. I was mixing. I have three makeup colors. I was mixing because I'm in this, it's not summer year in, yet in Chicago. And yeah. so, but I'm like, but I've been, I went to California. Like I've kind of hit some darker climates a little bit. So yeah. I'm not quite there yet. Um, you know, in terms of my, my summer uh, darkness, you know, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I have like, I'm mixing shades to make makeup for myself. You know what I'm saying? I swear I'm literally mixing. The mixing. struggle. This is the struggle. Yeah, the struggle, the struggle is real. <laughs> I'm contemplating right now. I'm gonna go. I'm going home next month. Uh, literally a week from now, I'm I'm leaving. So I'm contemplating. I'm like, it's gonna be warmer. What type of foundation should I get? I'm thinking of the there's um a young lady who makes makeup and who uh, she has her own makeup line, which uh, maybe I should go just try her products. She's back home. Literally, she has her own cosmetic, uh, Swaki Cosmetics. And um, I'm like, maybe let me go try her stuff. It will match up completely to my skin tone. But the struggle every season, it's black girls are struggling as to how to fit. And this is why a lot of women and men, for those women that wear makeup, they just have to make it easy for themselves. Bleach the skin. Yep. And it's easier to find everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, like, you go, you know, I mean, just, I know we're not doing too much makeup, but it's like, you go, like, most of us are lighter in the chest area. It's yeah. like, you either go light or you go dark. I mean, like, yeah. it's just like, at this point, it just, you know, overall, 
it is what it is. I mean, they've, they've came a long ways with makeup. Um, and, uh, and that's been great. Like, you know, the Max and some of the, the companies in the U.S. have really, uh, found color tunes that is a little closer to us, you know, but yeah, it's a challenge. It still is a challenge, but you know. Yeah. No, it's yeah. definitely a challenge. So mm-hmm. through the research, I'm sure you guys did a lot of research and some of it is in the movie. The movie yeah. can be found on Prime Video. Yeah. You can rent it. You could buy it. It's just amazing. It's a massive movie. Um, but through you guys' research, what are some of the side effects that uh, was found from bleaching? Yeah. So actually, to be honest with you, the scary thing, sorry, my, my chair is making no, no, a lot no, of noise. I apologize. Um, some of the things that we found is like, um, fertility is, is a real issue that those, some of these chemicals, you know, can, can cause in people. You know what else? Um, you know, when people bleach their skin, right? It becomes, um, really soft. I remember this lady went to have an operation and her wound wouldn't close. Oh my God. Because the skin, she bleached the skin so much that it was just like, it just got rid of all the pigment and my like, yeah, they wouldn't, they weren't able to close her wounds because of the softness of the, I don't know if the exact technical terms, you know what I'm saying that they use, but yeah, that was something that we was like, dang, you know, we didn't even know that was a uh, possibility, but yeah, but I mean, even um, dermatologists, like uh, some of the hydroquinone, you know, those quinone and whatever, like they're moving away from using those uh, creams that we have used they prescribe them and they say, you know, if you're using it for like, let's say you have some marks or whatever, you can only yeah. use it for three months time. You know, it's a limited time and it's under prescription that they are you know, advising people to use these chemicals. But unfortunately, we get chemicals from different countries that haven't been tested. And yeah. the goal is to just be bright. You know what I'm saying? Anything, whatever it takes, ma, okay. we're going there. The team, yeah, man, you want to be bright, you want to be bright. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like it doesn't even matter, and that's the part, especially in Africa, when you're in a climate where the sun is beaming against your skin mm-hmm. and you're bleaching. Oh it's like, God. yeah, it's just you can tell. Remember how, like, we have like they have like the burnt. Their skin is rubbery, is burnt. You know, sometimes yeah. in the on the continent, yeah. you know, from individuals that that try to bleach over there. You know, they're taking pills now. Some people are taking pills to block the melanin from producing. You know, that's the new celebrity twist. So since, you know, like, like I said, like before you can notice the knuckles is black, right? But now you take the tablet, but they still look ghostly. You know, so like, it's like a strange brightness, you know? Um, (laughs) But I mean, again, I don't fault anybody for trying to. No, not at all. And again, I'm just saying, like I said, I'm not trying to, this is not to make fun of anybody or make them feel bad. It's just we understand, but you have to be aware that long-term use of any kind of chemicals, you know what I'm saying? Any of us, you know, use of chemicals is just not good for you. And that's what the movie focused on was the love that he had for her. Um, and it was just circumstances, right, that that made him not go with her, even the, with the Jasmine Burke character, yeah. even though um, he would have he liked her, you know? Yeah. So you just, I mean, I, yeah, you just never know. Yeah, it's just without giving the story away, you know. No, without giving the story away, seriously, I like uh, the infertility part shocked me a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yep, and it makes issues. sense to me now looking at some of my relatives 
that oh. have used. So it made it. I'm seriously. I, I was sitting there. I'm like, oh my god, this makes sense. This makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was, was, uh, I was shocked. Yeah. So my 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 co-writer and uh, Dr. Kula, this lady I work with, she's from Liberia as well. We were very particular about researching, you know what I'm saying? So about what we wanted to put in the film. And I also wanted to make sure it didn't blame people. You know, I'm like, I don't want to make somebody feel like they're wrong, you know, but just make people aware. It's to bring awareness, you know. It it definitely uh, showcases that. It It showcases an awareness and uh, what people have to be aware of. to, for themselves with what they are doing, whether they are in the middle of, or they just started doing this, maybe they can stop, or maybe they have a different alternative, or they can just stop altogether if they have been doing it for a long time. It's definitely a, a great awareness um, to our community all over the world. Yeah, and that's all I'm doing. It's just bringing awareness and letting people make the decisions for themselves. You know, that's it. Yeah. What did you guys discover in terms of did you have any chance to speak to somebody who's done it before? And oh yeah, no, I didn't. Because I have a, no. So this is personal. I mean, I have I have siblings that's bleach, and I was encouraged to bleach as well because you know, as they you know you know how like as they're getting brighter and they're getting more attention and getting more and more beautiful, they were like, yeah. oh, and it was innocent. It was just kind of like, why don't you do it? You mm-hmm. know, and I was like. <laughs> I already fine. You know what I'm saying? Like he said, you know, so like in my head, I'm like, I'm already fine. You want me to go bleach my skin? You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, but then it was like, oh, well, maybe I could be more prettier if mm-hmm. I did it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. no, this is, this was, it's all personal. Like it was very, very, um, very personal. This is not a, this is not just some thin air. Like I made this stuff up. This is all from personal experiences, you know, that I've had in my family and, you know, so, and my aunt, actually, to be honest with you, one of my aunties, uh, I had some pushback, you know, of course, some people knew why I did the film. Um, and so there was, you know, it was, wasn't an easy thing to do, but one of my aunties, she was just like, she said, Mimige, Mimige is what my family calls me, by the way. She said, Mimige, she said, you know what? You did good. The film was very good. It made me cry. You know, it made me really cry because I, I know I used to do that. You know what I'm saying? And, and I did it for that purpose. You know what I'm saying? For attention or for somebody, you know, for love and that kind of stuff. And so when my auntie said that, even my cousin, one of my cousins just watched the film. Um, she was in the, she's in the hospital. She called me and she's like, the film made me cry. And I was like, I was like, Kate Park. She says, Oh no, skin. You know, and I was just like, Oh, you know, so it was just nice that it's, we did it so long ago. But people still haven't seen it, you know. And people's yes. lives are still impacted by mm-hmm. watching the film because it's, it's still a very relevant issue. For many years, it's going to be for yes. for many years, many generations to come. What was the emotions of like what what is this the emotional state of somebody? Did you guys discover like any emotional state as to what's going on in their head as they are bleaching? Because I always wondered like what happened with. Let's say Michael Jackson's mindset as to how he got to that point. Like what must have been going on in his head? Yeah. Well, we didn't in the film, we didn't really focus. We, we touched a little bit as to 
what was going through her head, right? Because sometimes it's not even true. Sometimes we make, we put things in our minds that's not really true. But mm. I must say this. The girl that played uh, uh, Jolie, Jasmine Burke, she's she's Amazing. a lighter lighter skin girl actually we actually put makeup on her to look to make her look darker no i saw that <laughs> yeah and so what was interesting is everybody was like latin is that you you know i said like this girl really resembles you and i was just like you know i mean it wasn't my story right it wasn't like we was wasn't telling my story and using somebody to tell my story but i cried so much on set because she reminded me of me so much you know what i'm saying and but I remember that this is in the trailer, but when the girl spat at her oh and God. we were in that, when we were filming that part, I, we were, she broke down in tears. We all broke down in tears just watching her act. I have chills right now. You know, I was yeah. watching, I, I was watching the movie even last night because I've seen it yeah. before. And yeah. last night I'm like, okay, I'm going to be talking to Latin. Let me watch it again. And I was watching it. That Part. Like there's so many touching ah. moments that you guys uh, touched on, and even the uh, I, I don't want to give it back. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you after. <laughs> talk to you. Yeah, but no, but it it was one of those films. I was gonna go to the party, but oh my god. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, well. Oh lord. Yes. But I mean that happens. So in America, you know that happens. That's all it. The time. In America, that was, that, real, that was like it, it, it's a real thing. Like it actually was a real thing. Oh if my he, god. Yes, it's a. You just need to Google it. Like it's a real thing that that happens. That was the first time happen. I ever saw it, and I yes. was like, "This is the most humiliating thing I've ever." Yeah, seen. yeah, yeah. It's very real, and and like I said, we try to find a story that worked, right? Because you know, it's like there's you have to craft a story that can tell this to to share. This is such a tough topic. Do you know what I'm saying? Even with skin, with skin bleaching, and even Hyde Park with the LGBTQ plus community. You know, when we're, you see how you you will see, you see the, it's like a balancing act you have to do. Um, and I'm really proud of Dr. Kula and like my entire team that worked on that project. You know, it, it's, it's an old, you know, I mean, we did it so long ago, like we didn't have a huge budget as you can probably see, but the story still resonated with so many people. We won awards for it. Um, TV one licensed it for, it was, uh, for 18 months. Um, it was on TV one. It was actually one of their top four most popular films that they've ever, you know, had on their, on their network, you know, so it's still relevant. And, and I really wish I can, I can do some screenings and talk about it, you know, like to get the conversations going. I may, I may, I may start to, to do that. You're I may, here. we could talk about it. You You know what? I think I might do that. I wanted to have more yeah. around like universities, like, you know, and try to see if we can, you know, talk about that. Uh, with like some HBCUs, some of the historical black colleges yes. and universities and things. But yeah, but I, I absolutely want to continue to talk about skin and skin bleaching because it's still happening. Like it's still very real, you know. Trust me, I, I had my own moments of not feeling beautiful. Yeah. My skin tone. And yeah. um, I, I did notice even some family members bleaching their skin. But for me, it just looked like too much work. But I'm lazy. And it comes That's a full time job. Because when you bleach, I mean, when do you stop? <laughs> no, right? like, I'm, saying, like, when do you stop? Yes, I was very lazy. And mm-hmm. every time I saw that, they were changing like the product. The, the, uh, there was always something new on the market. And oh. Oh, this one makes you much brighter. This one makes you much this. And that's oh. what I had noticed. 
from and I was just like, first of all, I'd, I love fashion. I'm like, I'd rather spend my money. Right. Yeah, no, but it's true. It's just kind of like, but you don't even know what you look like. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yes, it's like, you forget, it's like, you forget exactly yeah, like, what yeah. you look like. And yeah. every time it, it becomes its own addiction. It, it yeah, becomes you're comparing yourself to something or someone that it's like, cause your, your starting point differs. So if yeah. you're already light and now you're like, I want to get lighter. So you got to go from where you're already at to there. You know, so yeah. it's like a constant changing. And like you said, it's just always new products. There's always something out there for that, you know. So, yeah, anyways. So yeah. We could talk about this forever. Yes, but I, I, I want anybody who's listening, please, watching this, watch the movie. You see, oh, oh my God, you see what we're talking about. And it resonates with everybody in the in the whole world. Like there are four corners of the world. Yes, it resonates with all of us. Another movie that you did that also has an important message to all of us is Hyde Park. Yeah, that one, um, Hyde Park, uh, it's about to be, I just want to tell you that I, I did secure a distribution deal um, for Hyde Park. So we did a theatrical release and then we've been in a few screenings, like a few film festivals but we finally signed a deal with a company called Vision Films and they're going to distribute the film. The release date is uh, the release is going to be sometime in July. So I don't have a date yet for what the, 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 the platform, the streaming platform is going to be on. But Hyde Park is going to come out. But from what I change, saw, I think July 14 or something from what yeah, I, I don't well, no, that July 14 was last when we did the theatrical, 2022. Yeah, that was 2022. So we, um, yeah, we did it in theaters. And we were only supposed to be in theaters for two weeks. We stayed in theaters for two months. Oh my they, God. People kept on going to watch it. They loved it. And then we expanded, you know what I'm saying? We walked we, we, the cities, we expanded in other cities. So, and these were Africans, these are Israelis, these are black, like black people, people from all over, like Greek, you know, they were like, this is my family. They were like, even though the people are black, you know, yeah. in the film, they were like, this resonates with me. You know what I'm saying? My, my boss is from, he's Iranian. He's just like, oh, it's like my auntie. You know, those are like my, I was really shocked as to how relatable um, they found the film to be. So that one, the trailer is out. You guys can watch the trailer. It's called High Park right now, but we're getting ready to change the name of the film. You're changing the name of the film? Yeah, before it gets distributed, it's going to be called Breaking Bounds. So, because I it's love like that the, title. I, yes. I, I I love the the title because I'm about to ask you yeah. a question. Yeah, our African community, our immigrant community, it's a taboo to talk about homosexuality. And what got you to talking about it? Yeah, thank you for that question. So, again, when I talk about things, it's always personal, right? Friends, family is always something personal. And I have a friend. Um, that's Senegalese and Muslim mm. and is he's gay and he tried to cover up like he had a woman you know I don't know there's a word there you know he has a relationship like a full relationship with a woman to so that his family doesn't know that he's gay you know but um things got a little difficult you know what I'm saying and he finally just decided that he's gonna come out you know and he came out and his family, you know, his, his father, you know, his father is like, ah, no, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, this is not even anything we even deal with. Right. Yeah. But his mom, his mom, you know, she was challenged. Like she loves her son, of course. So she never wants to lose him, but she always thinks like if he's with a beautiful woman, he might not be gay, you know, you know? And so I really wanted to touch the subject, but without doing too much, you know, like, so the film, it doesn't really go deep. It's just to be, make people aware of the challenges that some of these individuals face. You know, so the story was a delicate dance. When I tell it is, you... It, it, it is a delicate dance even for me to, I mean, uh, uh, to ask you questions. Yes. Because it is of our community. No, because mm. of our community and our culture. Because my country, I'll be honest, it's not acceptable. Yes, exactly. I mean, well, um, to be honest with you, you know, in Uganda, that in the film, we use uh, used a law in Uganda initially, the 2014 Act, the, tw- the, the Anti-Homosexual Act, it was 2014 that they passed initially. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Supreme Court, um, their Supreme Court revoked it in a sense, you know what I'm saying? So it was nullified. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, maybe one month ago, I think uh, March, March 21st, they passed a new law, a new anti-homosexual bill, you know, that, that, you know, can jail certain people. And, you know, and like you said, in all of Africa, in West Africa, some of Africa, African countries, we put people in jail for 14 years for being uh, gay. We do the death penalty if they're caught in gay acts. You know what I'm saying? So, so trust me, this one, Nancy, when you watch this film, you'll be like, you'll see there is every word, every act it was crafted like i'm like ah, nope we can't do that nope we can't say this nope we can't do that i mean it my, my team was like lots of like this is ridiculous but i was like you have to understand we would never receive this message if it's not done exactly like this yes no do you understand what i'm saying i completely yes. understand you even yeah. when i was doing my research on you and i came across hyde park and i was like Oh my God! But I, I, I have a duty. Yeah, no. To ask you. Listen about it. So I'm yeah. like, let's Still, get like, to it. I have friends. I have friends and family members that were just like, wow, this because they hadn't seen the film. They're like, oh, now the woman from from Skin Bleaching now she's doing gayness. <laughs> you know, you know how we get talk. Oh my God! Like, oh, I, know. Know, gayness, now she I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but they went and watched the film. And did standing ovations. Oh my God. I'm telling you, every, there is nowhere that anybody that has watched this film that has not been like this film, it, the emotions is like this. You cry, you laugh, you smile. I mean, you're like, oh, it's a, it's an emotional roller coaster. Honestly, I'm so proud of this project and I sincerely cannot wait for more people to see it. Um, you know, because some of the challenges is that people that's of the LGBTQ community plus Q plus, they said it wasn't gay enough, you know, and but it's like, no, you have they to don't understand. understand us. They don't understand. Like, us. You have to understand. It, it has to be baby it, steps for us. It has to be baby step. You're yes. absolutely right. I'm like, we got to start somewhere. And this is just starting. Somewhere. I applaud you. I applaud you for that. Because Thank you. Um, so many of us, we have to strategize on how to bring it up it's, a, it's an important conversation to have and it needs to be mm-hmm. had 
It's just on how do we bring this conversation up and how do we make sure that people receive it? Yeah. But you, I think at the end of the day, young. you want people to receive what yes. we're giving. Yeah. So with this topic, last night I was literally debating and I was <laughs> trying to find the movie. I'm like, where is it? I need to watch yeah, it. No, it's not out yet. I can yeah, go in and actually, but, but I saw the trailer. Yeah. First of all, I love the actor. <laughs> oh, oh, Kenneth, look. The lawyer. Kenneth O'Coley, yeah, he's from, so he's, uh, Kenneth was, is really proud of this project. He says, I mean, he was Mr. World Nigeria. He's yes. like the masculine, most masculine man ever. You know what I'm saying? There is, you know, and, um, and he says, Latin, I have to do this film because he says for people to see me and see that I'm able to do such a film and, and talk about such a topic. It that in itself would be, yeah, that in itself would, would, would open up the conversation. So Kenneth is proud of Hyde Park. He's probably seen it 50 times. Every time we've seen it, went to the theaters, Kenneth will come to it. Even screenings, he's not even supposed to come to. He was at the screenings. Yeah. yeah. He's very, very proud of this project. Yeah. And I can't, and like I said, I can't wait for it to come out so we can do additional press on it so he can give his perspective on the experience and how he felt about the project. But Nancy, I'm telling you, it was a challenge. It's, e it's not easy. You know, people have, have my friends, I've lost friends from it. You know what I'm saying? Just that, that haven't even seen the film. You know, that, that is like, wait, you should probably see the movie first before you say judge, something. Yeah. Before yeah, you but, judge, but, yeah. but I knew, you know, when you're dealing and talking about things that ha you have to make people aware of, it's not always easy, you know, and, um, you know, God, I feel like God gave me these ideas and I have to execute, you know, I have to execute. It's not for my benefit. It's for the greater good. And that's, that's why these projects are able to come to fruition is because it's not about me. It's about making sure whoever needs to hear it and receive it is able to receive it. That's it. Well, myself, aside from just saying Kenneth, I can't wait to see the movie. <laughs> and Kenneth is welcome to be on the platform so I can ask him how he felt actually being in that movie and what the message is for him. Because for the actors, it's different message that they're trying to deliver and feed us to, to let us know what it should be like. But for you as a producer, it's also a different story that you're telling. You're telling from a personal perspective and also making an awareness to where we come from. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is a long journey for all yeah. of us. And I'm glad that we are starting the conversation. I'm glad to be part of this conversation with you. I just can't wait. You are super successful. What about Liberia has shaped you, has made you into who you are today? Oh, everything I am is because of Liberia. You know, um, I say when I meet somebody, I'm like, I'm Liberian. Like, you know, it's like, like, it's not, I don't say I'm a mom. I'm, I'm a this, I'm a, I'm like, I'm a, I'm Liberian. You know, the, everything that was instilled from us, from our culture, you know, our family, um, our traditions and the good and the bad, you know, has made me who I am. Um, today. And I think being in America, I get exposed to seeing other cultures 
And so I can pull the good from those and keep the good from mine and then, you know, almost create my own experience for my family and my daughter now that my daughter is first generation, you know, so she gets to see the pieces of me that's celebrated, you know what I'm saying? Being from Liberia, having that, those, that country, that obligation to my country, that obligation to my unit, that obligation to my village and not be a selfish, you know, individual. She gets to see that part of me, but then she gets to see the hardworking woman that's able to excel and like to be able to produce and execute things that if I stayed in Liberia, I may not have had the opportunity to, you understand what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know, that's why I feel like we're, we're lucky to be able to be in a country that gives us opportunities, meaning here in America. Um, and we just, but we can't lose sight of who we are, you know, and where we come from. And I, I, there, I mean, that one, it will be hard to get rid of that. Like real one, you know what I'm saying? So, Liberia is not going anywhere. I don't care. I could be in America for a hundred years. Since, you know, like we're not going anywhere. You know, so yeah, I'm really, really proud to be a Liberian um, and overall to be an African uh, period. Do you take yeah. your kids back home when you go as well? So my daughter is the one, like she's, she's 20. So if you don't know that I'm going to be 50, my daughter is 28 this year. Um, so yeah, my daughter is 28 years old. Uh, and what? so no, she goes, yeah, she, we go to Liberia. She actually comes with me. Um, wow. she's got her own friends back home. So she, she loves to go. She's like, she, she travels. Um, she loves to travel and she loves going to Liberia as well. So yeah, she goes, she goes every year we go together. And I think she's getting to a point where she can go now when our home is done, she can go without me, you know? So yeah. 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 Oh, uh, I'm taking my kids for the first time to meet my mom in person. Really? My daughter, I, I, I can't hear the end of it. It's just, she she's super excited. Her and her cousins, my sister's uh, kids, they are planning every day. There's a phone call. There's a voice memo. Thank God for WhatsApp. Yes. <laughs> but, oh, my God. No, that's amazing. That's amazing that they are, yeah, she, she's you. connected to where you oh. came from. And now she has uh, two homes. Like yes, in America. Yep, yep, she wow. does. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add before I ask you the last question? I just want to just say for you, congratulate you on being a producer as well. Oh. You know, being able to execute. You know, taking a dream and an idea, and being consistent in getting it done, and not like even when you don't know who is reaching. That's the part you have to keep on doing it because. It's not for you. It's for somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And I think when somebody comes to you and be like, oh, I heard concrete pastures, you know, I heard this. And they're like, that touched me. You'll be so shocked, right? You're like, oh, I wanted to give up or I've been doing it. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's we're not doing it for you. You're not doing it for yourself. You're on no. assignment and no. you need to do this assignment, you know, and that's how we have to live our lives. It's like those ideas, those things that are given to us is an assignment. We just have to execute it. Don't worry about who's going to, how you feel, whatever, all of that stuff is not for you, you know? So I'm just wanted to say, you know, congratulations. Um, and thank you for just bringing me on. I'm, I'm proud. Like, I know you're like, I'm really proud of you to be able to do this, uh, sincerely. Thank you I mean, so, so much, Latin. Thank you so much. It's, it's such an honor. It, this has been such a bore. I, I was I was looking forward to this. I think you could tell. And even the first time you and I spoke, we spoke about even more yeah. stuff, personal stuff, uh, me and you. So we, our lives are 
some of what has happened are more parallel to one another. But I'm so grateful that you made time for us oh, yes. to inspire us. Last question. Have you found your concrete pastures? I think so. I have. I think knowing that I'm on assignment is enough success for me. Like it's almost like um like knowing I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, it that's that's all I can do. You know, and I, I do, I'm in a better place. I mean, I am older. And so it's, it's difficult for some young folks to know that they're on the right path. It doesn't make sense till later on, but, you know, you just keep on moving forward and don't compare yourself to others, you know, and, and you will definitely find your concrete, your concrete pastures for sure. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. I applaud you. Thank you again for your courage. And for telling our stories in the way that you are telling them. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. (laughs) That's it for this episode. Thank you again for lending us your ears. It's truly an honor to save each and every dreamer. You can continue to support us by liking sharing, and following us on our social media pages. The links are all in the show notes. We have so many exciting projects and ventures in store for you. Until next time, keep dreaming.